And it's Dan and James talking about the Villa games. games. Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the ABFC Faithful Podcast, joined as always by Dan and James talking through the Villa games. And this week, we've actually got Villa games to talk through, James, and not just Warsaw away. Uh, Let's just start with the formalities. How are you, James? Uh, Recovering from that late night, but, (laughs) but fine. Yeah, fine. How about you? Yeah, not bad. I'm still baffled as how they thought, you know, Florida in the in the mid July was going to be a good idea to hold a hold a Premier League football game, but they did it and it was held. And well, I mean, we'll run through it, but I don't think I've ever thought to myself I'm going to stay up until like three o'clock in the morning watching Villa in a pre-season friendly. But we're here now. It's the things Unai Emery's done to us because I don't think I'd have done this a year or two ago. <laughs> I think Gerard Ball wouldn't have kept me awake to watch us play Fulham as well. Yeah, if it was Gerard, I would literally, I would not stay up. If it, I was literally about, what, quarter past 12, I think I said to you, if it's yeah. any later than one, I'm going to bed. And then it got to quarter to one, and I'm like, oh, it's kicking off at 20 past one. I was like, who am I kidding? I'm staying up till two at least <laughs> to watch them. I don't care. I love watching fucking Emery Ball. And it was, it was worth it in, you know, it, it wasn't the best game, but it was worth it to see the, the little changes that he made. So I, I am glad that I stayed up and watched it. Yeah, well, I mean, you'll be able to give more of an insight than I can because uh, I did have a little doze halfway through. I, it'd been a long day for me and, you know, it, it caught up to me and I closed my eyes and I literally, I, I, we'll get onto it probably, but to give you the story, I genuinely closed my eyes about the 42nd minute. I opened them to the ball being played over to Diaby to score his goal. That's genuinely what I opened my eyes to. So I, I'm glad we don't have to cover with any of those late night games again because I, I just... For all the summer holidays, it maybe I, I can't cope with any more late nights. I I, I just can't. I'm I'm a bit I'm a little boy now. I, I sort <laughs> like it's all go backwards, don't you? You you can can't do late nights, and you get to like thirty, and you're like, yeah, mate, three o'clock in the morning, easy. Until you're apparently mid twenties, and you're like, I can't I can't stay up later than one a.m. But we're going to the game that actually kicked off on time, and I think it was the game that that most people were interested in, and it was obviously Newcastle. Uh, that one was based in. Philadelphia, yeah. Uh, it was America anyway. It was East Coast and it was late. But Unai Emery's tricky villains coming through again, playing against Newcastle. I mean, I I distinctly remember the first half. That was my most awake period. Um, I think if we go through it, the the first thing we need to talk about for that game is probably Emmy Buendia. Yeah. Um, because he was a man possessed, wasn't he, James? Yeah, he was. It, that um position that he was in more on the left and he was given the freedom to sort of roll come more centrally and deep. It really suited him. And I think he was the big reason with, with our build up. Seeing some of the, the clips that have come out afterwards, how we sort of like we, we were really deep with our build up and we split their their forwards really wide. And then we played centrally and they were all that we overloaded them. And Buendir against Tanali, that clip that's gone round, it was it was good to see him Hold off a player like that, drive forward and then make the right decision because sometimes, you know, we can be a little bit wasteful. We know that. I think he, he was a couple of times against Fulham. But when he's at his best, he's unstoppable. And you look at his goal, his first goal, carbon copy of the Everton goal, wasn't it? A couple of step overs and then left footed in, into the the near near post section. It, it was He had a really good game. Um, and the game overall was pretty good, to be fair, I think. When you're watching pre-season friendlies, I think especially as you say, the first half is gen- generally good. And then when the changes come into it, everything alters. So, 
But yeah, that Newcastle game was a really good watch. Yeah, it's what you look for really is just to see. I, I think I, I outlined it in a tweet as well. You just kind of want to see a formation and tactical outlay a bit. You want to see youngsters on the ball and see what they're like and see how their pace is against fully professionals and teams that we could likely play. And again, you, you just sort of want to have a bit of enjoyment watching it and sort of ease you into watching football again, really. And I think that worked. I mean, he's uh, going to be a topic around, but obviously we've seen a lot of philogene uh, in both games as well, uh, which everyone's going to enjoy clearly, especially you. Uh, <laughs> because, uh, I mean, going back to the keep loan sale video, uh, you believe, if we're going to go back to it, you actually suggested to keep slash loan for that as well. Um, which, I mean, now, I think nobody's going to argue with you on on let alone loan, but keep, I think, is definitely going to be high on people's list now. Because, I mean, even in that first game, he, he impressed me a lot just just by the fact that every time he got the ball, he wanted to do something with it. And it looked like it was second nature to him on the ball. Yeah. It's going to say it's pre-season, but at the end of the day, the kid's playing football against a professional team. And while it's not high intensity, unless you're Lissandro Martinez from Man United, it is an intensity that's high enough that it's going to test you as a player. Um, And look, I think he's not looked completely out of his nature up against uh, people of that nature and, well, I definitely want to see him, but I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm the revelation of him. I think out of the two of us, you're uh, you're definitely the Stan uh, <laughs> yeah. himself. But look, I mean, what have you seen from him then, James? Because your eyes have got to have been on him. Yeah, definitely. Because when we did that video back in February, I think that was the curveball, wasn't it? And I said, the thing that stood out for, for me was, I think we know his talent attacking wise how he likes to dribble and beat his man. But what he learned more at Cardiff was was his defensive discipline, which we really saw against against Fulham um the other night. But I just like how he's confident not just on the ball, but off the ball getting stuck in. He doesn't shy away from challenges at either end of the pitch. His work rate is really good. The tracking back that he did against Fulham constantly up and down. That that in an Emery side is vital. Yeah. Um but yeah having that sort of confidence in the final third to take his man on go inside or outside that that's the it's a big thing with wingers now if you can go you know to the byline or come in and you're not bothered about which foot you're using that I mean that makes you a really good player at this level now and I think it he is right now firmly in the plans for the season for me whether you know a player or two comes in that affects that is we don't know that yet but it feels really nailed on right now um and I'm glad that he, he's sort of showing what talent he has. And I think he could potentially save us millions if, um, you know, he, he does get his chance and he takes it this season. You know, he's, he's had a good, really good pre-season, but he needs to definitely transition that into any of the minutes he's given in the Premier League, in Cups, in the Europe Conference League. I think even though, you know, I'm a big fan of him, I would like temper expectation of how much game time he's going to get straight away. I'd be quite calm with him you know introduce him slowly because pre-season intensity was quite high but Premier League is is mad so you know just introducing to him cleverly really yeah well we may as well merge both games into one really because a lot of the performances we're going to want to talk about are going to drift over between two especially the contrast that I want to chat about um so obviously I don't know anyone watching this wouldn't know but obviously we're on four points at the moment in the little league table bit um, three all 
against uh, Newcastle, if I remember correctly, and then obviously 2-0 against Fulham on Wednesday, Thursday. Let's just call it Wednesday, although it definitely didn't kick off on Wednesday. Um, Well, I think the one I wanted to chat about most was Diego Carlos, because I think against Newcastle, uh, eyebrows were sort of raised again um, upon him, mainly for his, I think, lesser just pace but it seemed to be his passing accuracy as well that people are quite worried about see things like it sounds really silly but things like passing wasn't too much of a worry for me when it came back because I think that's more manageable for game management especially for the fact he hasn't played professional football to a high level for that long I think that's the sort of thing that comes through rustiness rather so than strength and positioning and for me when we watched him against Fulham I mean that one uh, that one movie made I can't uh I can't remember what the Fulham forward's called, um but he basically yeah. runs him down the whole way through the box, holds him off completely, takes the ball and passes it off, and we're like, well that's that's really what we want to see, and that's like where the edge isn't lost. And I think for me that was quite nice because I think we're going to need all well yeah well three four centre backs that we can utilise at the time as much as we can, and Chambers looks like he's probably going to stay so. We've got a, a full rotation of centre backs, which I think is really important. And uh, well, that was my key standout, obviously apart from Philogy, and that was uh, that was the one I wanted to let you have. But I think seeing Carlos take his mantle sort of back as that player that can hold off a player and has got maybe not the full range of pace that he probably had a year ago yet. But again, does that come back in a few weeks when he's used to playing football again? we can't that's the one thing you never really can tell and uh it's not a nice injury is it and it does it, i get the worries but i think i'm a bit more calm of it than the, most people i think yeah the, you don't really lose the technical ability when you know when you've had that injury that that sort of technical ability does come back to you pretty quick it's the the physicality really that you obviously struggle with not just the trusting your body again part of it but building up that fitness because, you know, he's been training for a long time, but training and match scenarios are just completely different because yeah. you're coming up against these. I mean, Watkins is a reasonably big striker who's powerful, but when you're coming up against some of the even bigger, powerful strikers, you, you need to, you know, be, be on your game and, and be strong and, and quick. And he did show that against Fulham, which was a lot better. And I think, I think having Conser next to him helps because... Concert does have that recovery speed. Mm. We sort of played against Fulham. He was more tucked in even when we were playing out in the first phase. It was sort of more of a back three or five with Dean and, and Philogene coming back. Um, so, yeah, I think that sort of helped. And I also think Pau Torres, you know, he looked like a really cool customer, didn't he, against yeah. Fulham. He didn't look, didn't look bothered. I, I think even against Newcastle as well, I think it was, he... He seemed like he had a good level of aggression, which was a bit of a, a worry for, I think, plenty of people before we saw him play. Will he be able to match people, uh, Premier League players, when it comes to challenges and aerial challenges? And I don't think he's he's looked shoddy at all. I think he's looked really comfortable with it. And then on the ball, he was really smart. I think he saw some of, a couple of his ideas when he was playing forwards. And I don't think our forwards were ready for it at, at, at some times. And... I think that sort of wavelength they need to find. But when they do, you'll get goals like Diaby's because he's got that sort of passing ability to to break all three lines. So, yeah, I I was glad to see Carlos getting a a good run out and he looked fit. I think he looked sharper with his 
with his passing because he's got a really good range of passing. It's not just like the accuracy of it because you know if you're an ambitious passer, you're not going to come away with a really high passing accuracy. But yeah, I think when you look at our centre back options, we're quite comfortable, aren't we? I think oh, yeah. in the league, we probably have up there one of the best in terms of depth and quality and depth. So yeah, how that's going to work out into a back four potentially back three is going to be interesting to see how he, how he does it. Well, who do you start then against Newcastle at the actual game, not the preseason game? I, I still think Mings and Concer is the partnership to beat, but at the same time, I see what Poe offers. So I don't, I don't really know. I couldn't see why a back three might be something that, that we look at to, to accommodate them. But I I can't tell you. I can't tell you because it could be either or. It could be both between Mings and, and Torres. For, for me right now, concert does start on that right side. Whether it's right back or centre back is another thing. You know my feelings on the right back. I, I need a bit more evidence. You know, I think the back three sort of system suited him more. But yeah, I, I'm hoping to see a right back come in soon. So that would be problem solved. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we haven't actually seen... Both left footers play together yet uh, and start together in a preseason game. It'll be interesting to see if on on Sunday against Brentford that is different. But I think a lot. I was saying that I think the possibility of playing two left 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 footed centre halves is fine. Uh, but again, I guess not many places do it. And if Unai hasn't started it yet, maybe that does show that he's probably not too comfortable with doing it. But Again, it, it does. I, I'm one of the big believers in uh, I don't see the point in changing that centre half partnership when it performed so well. It wasn't like they were performing okay and were saved all the time, or, you know, we got through by the skin of our teeth on games. They were very good together and they were so strong together. Paul Torres is an unbelievable centre half and he is a, an elite level signing for us for, for the next year as well. But again, I think he'll understand that. It's a competition game, and he knows he's coming into a squad that's moving up, and he's got two centre halves to beat off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I don't think that's how they initiate players anymore. But you know. No, yeah. But anyway, he's got he's <laughs> got. We're to not in that room. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll just leave that there. <laughs> well, I mean, we did recently become seeded, so you know, it's uh, it, it's a hard uh, topic at the moment within the club, but. Um, no, yeah. he, he has got he has got to actually fight for the position, and the, and the other two boys yeah. have as well. And uh, I mean, again, I think the only reason that Carlos is probably out of the question is just it's just down to fitness and um, sort of his. Uh, I can't even say like on the ball play now at the moment because everything feels sort of wrong. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's Mings and Conta um, to go with at the start of the season. But uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if we went with a three either. Um, and yeah, like you said, I, I've I've wanted Conzer at right back. I thought it might be an option, but yeah, it looked okay, didn't it, on on Wednesday? But it wasn't sort of setting the world alight, I guess. And it wasn't like a, and it wasn't a John Stones or Trent Alexander Arnold in midfield moment, was it? It was sort yeah. of a okay, yeah, a good backup, but yeah, you do want a right back. I, yeah, I don't know who, but you want someone. I mean, I, I sort of. Part of me wanting a back four comes from me also wanting to see Kamara, Louise and Tielemans as a three because yeah. I think that run the game. You know, I thought Tielemans was, was really, really good the other night. Very good, yeah. Just how he can beat his man 
in, in deep build-up and, and play forwards is great. And he's just so good at keeping the ball ticking. And then Dougie comes on. And from where he collected that ball for the assist, he had no right to turn him and play such a beautiful no. pass to the RB, who we might as well move on to now because we didn't see much of him. But what, you know, what sort of an impact was that? It was just exactly what was being, you know, teased before we saw him play. Pace. That run. Pace. Yeah, that run from out to in behind the, the defence, he latched onto it brilliantly, couldn't catch up with him. He even miscontrolled it before the shot yeah. and he hammered it home still. The finish was sublime, you know. It was, it was really good, powerful and precise. And if, you know, that's what he's going to give you when he doesn't see the ball much. Well, what, what else are we going to say? Yeah, it, it was uh, it was something special. It was something special very much to wake up to because I, I did think I dreamt it, to be honest with you. And then I, I checked my phone. I was like, oh, no, this is this is real life. And we actually have still signed him. It is unreal. Obviously, I guess it, it got confirmed not too long ago now. And seeing him there and seeing him in the flesh was, was something special, wasn't it? And I, I, that's him on... Minimal days trained with the team, uh, minimal match sharpness, uh, and that's what he's done. So it's it'll be a wonder to see what he does in the Premier League, Conference League, all the cups. It's it's very exciting, and yeah, yeah. I don't want to hamper on about it too much, but it sort of seems like he did everything we've expected Bailey to do for the past year, which is pace him behind, control it, and finish it. Um, and I guess the last time we really saw that from Bailey was against Everton, and that was exactly what he did to injure himself that took it away from him. So uh, it is exciting, and just it's strange, isn't it? Because if even though it went on for ages, the signing, and it, it did seem like it was obvious, it still doesn't sort of feel like we've got the level of player that he actually is. I think it's hard for me to sort of comprehend how good of a signing that is, and it's only when you look online and look at everyone else's reactions that it is just, an, well, again, it's an elite level signing, isn't it? And it, it's a big club signing and a big yeah. club move. And uh, I mean, in the away strip, he's going to look fantastic. And we may as well move on to that now because that was announced. I think that was on your mind for a while was waiting for the away strip. Cause I know you're not huge on the home strip. I'm I'm not massively sold on it. Really. It's a home kit. Um, yeah, Claret and blue, and it? it's yeah. um, but the white away strip is out. Um, it is flashing up on the screen now. I know that because um, I'll make sure it does. <laughs> and uh, well, it, it's a beauty, and it, James. I, I mean, what was it nine o'clock this morning? I got a message from you saying that kit and about 20 flame emojis got sent through as well. So I think you yeah. might like it, mightn't you? Well, I, I really like it. I... The thing is with kit launch days is it's always going to be one half that say it's great and one half that say it's shit. And <laughs> that was the same again today. And I think a lot of it was around the shorts. Yeah. I don't buy shorts. I don't give a shit about shorts. The top's <laughs> nice. The top's really nice. So, yeah, I was... I, I, I don't know what it is about it. I think it's just a nice colour. I like the sort of pattern on it. And the um, the sponsor looks better in all claret yeah. as well. And it's... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be buying that as soon as it goes on discount. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what sort of we wait until what springtime? So I mean that'll yeah, be yeah. The time to get it. I mean, you might get a nice little discount, you know, when we're in the latter stages of the conference league, maybe. But yeah. no, it is is a nice kit. Um white kits can go one or two ways. They can either be really plain and boring, uh, or that little signature detailing they got on it is really nice. I'm gonna go out there and say it. I'm not a massive bit of the blue bit at the top. I don't really see the point of that. Yeah. 
right, I, there was a lot of outrage about this, mainly directed at Faithful himself. I'm aware that we do usually have blue with the white or white with the blue. I'm not saying we shouldn't have it. I just think that Claret might have looked better or just not really it, but... I just don't think it was necessary. Could have just been all white. Yeah, it, it just seemed, seems to me that they had to have something to detail it with the shorts. Um, yeah. All right, fine. Claret shorts would have been nicer. Let's just keep picking holes until we can sort of find them, I guess. But again, like you said, who... Do we really care that much? Like, if you buy the full kit, then fair enough. All right. Um, but you've just saved yourself twenty quid, uh, yeah. at least. And if you don't buy the full kit and you care about how they look on the pitch, I mean, it won't matter when Diaby smashes it in from thirty yards out to win against Man City away, like you said. So, uh, it, it's it's going to be great, and it's nice to have guys' kits. Um, I mean, what last time we had really nice kits was was playoff year, wasn't it? So. That's I it. liked the um, wasn't last season, was it? No, see the season that Smith got sacked. Uh, I always remember it because of the Courtney Horse header at Old Trafford. You know the white one with sort of the really thin pinstripe claret. Yeah, yeah, I liked that one, and I think I think I liked the home. One, but it's like this. Well, where is it? Yeah, it's like this one, but it's not this one. Yeah, it's like that. But yeah. Um, I, I like that kit. I think often I quite like the away kit more, just because it's it changes more, doesn't it, each year? Whereas yeah. the home kit's pretty pretty similar every time. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do like it, and I think it's it always the case with kits is when you see it on the players and in games. I think it looks better, yeah. and it tends to grow on you. Know, and if if we have a game this season that's like a huge game that we win and we're playing in it. Everyone remembers it and they're probably quite fond of it. I'm not saying everyone's going to go, oh, yeah, I was wrong. It was amazing. But you have much fonder memories of it then. So yeah. it'll sort of, you know, you'll look back on it as, as a sort of classic in that sense. So, yeah, it, I presume that there's going to be a third kit. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, clubs don't really go away from having it. You definitely have a third kit when you're in Europe, don't you? Because that's the one you usually wear as an away kit in Europe, I think. Yeah. That is a business and having as many kits as you can especially when you've got people like me who want to buy them all. Uh, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see what, what that does. Um, I want it to be yellow. I know. You're not the only one who wants it to be yellow. I, I wouldn't mind a yellow kit, but obviously the last time we had a yellow kit, um, uh, we got relegated, so uh, that didn't help. Um, yeah, we won't. No, I have that kit somewhere, and it is a beaut, that kit, the yellow and black. Yeah. I do love it uh, with the Quick Brooks logo. Yeah. Uh, at the front of it. Um, but, yeah, it, it'll be interesting. Um especially in Europe. And speaking of Europe, um, as Afa mentioned, uh, we are seeded. Uh, we are a group of seeded men playing in a men's competition with other seeded and unseeded men's football teams. Um, so the seeded times teams will be playing against some unseeded teams um, in the playoff round. Uh, that's happened because Juventus got kicked out. Um, they were the best seeded team and now they're a, a not a team regarded of seeds or no seeds. Um so, <laughs> special explanation. <laughs> so th that's put us up anyway. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I think none of us were too worried about it. I think the only reason we were worried is we didn't want to get Juventus in the playoff rounds because we didn't want to beat them too early. Now, unfortunately, we can't play them at all and beat them. Uh, I guess we'll just have to wait till next year when it's in the Champions League. Um, yeah. you know, is what it is, I guess, but. Yeah, but got, got to take your ifs and your bats out at the same time. So, uh, 
but in all seriousness, um, it it doesn't make too much of a difference. But I thought I'd touch on it. Um, and you can go and get your uh, conference league badges only in store. I did look online, but you can get them on the on the sleeve now. I know that's what you come to this podcast for is for sleeve information. Um, but that'll be interesting. That's coming up soon, actually, isn't it? When we find out who we've got, that's uh, we've got about, a big time. Yeah. Seven. I think it is something like Before that. Before the start of the season, we find out who we play because we play. I know we play our second leg on the thirty first of August. Twenty fourth, isn't it? I think. Or yeah, no, twenty fourth is the first round, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the two legs, isn't it? So that's exciting as well. Um, and as mentioned, when it comes back to Philogy, it comes all full circle on this podcast. Um, but you need your four homegrown players, don't you? And. He'll be there. Um, and I believe Martinez classes as a homegrown player as well. Um, I, I honestly, I, I don't keep up with it all. I let someone else do it and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And it doesn't oh, we, do we, they have. We can rest assured that there will be four homegrown players because the club will know. Well, so. I think I think it has to be something like four club trained. So preferably at your, at your academy. So JJ Games is one. Philogene looks like he's set to be one. You'd imagine Archer's going to be in there. Well, and then it could be a keeper, maybe. Yeah, well, Unai Emery said, didn't he? He said that um, our strike force for the season is uh, Watkins, Duran, and Archer. So um, it does seem like Archer will be sticking around. I guess I would expect uh, a forward player still to come in, though. You know, I think it'll be a versatile forward. So, well, that's we'll... What, yeah. I think I think when he was saying it, he meant as in traditional strikers, I guess, because. Yeah. Uh, that's where Duran Duran seems to be going to be playing, and obviously Archer will be. So, uh, I mean that. I look. I'm just. That's how it's going to be, isn't it, for the season? Three three strikers in a two striker formation, but with players like uh, Buendia. I mean, we even saw McGinn do it where he filled in at that sort of second off striker role. It's, yeah. It'll be interesting, won't it? Yeah. Now, for the interesting part of the podcast, not that the rest wasn't. Um, I haven't thought of a theme song for it yet, though, but it is the new segment to the ABFC Faithful podcast because um, we're innovators, we're thinkers, we're believers. Um, you know, you know, some call us Socrates, um, you know, uh, a magical mind, uh, Oppenheimer on the mic, uh, some may say, um, Barbie and Ken. Um, look, cult, cult references everywhere, but uh, this week it is the start of Three Points for Villa. What is three points for Villa? Yes, I heard you say. Well, uh, it is a, a new se- segment of the show uh, where uh, both me and James will have a point for Villa and there will be a point for Villa from you guys, the audience. I have managed to get an audience one for today, um, which we will kick off with when I get it up on my phone because I deleted it for a bit earlier and I need to get the message back up. Um, but basically, we want to hear one point from you. It could be literally anything. It could be something to do with the media. It could be something funny that's happened. Uh, it could be a rumour. Literally, yeah, player performance from the game. Obviously, this is going to rotate a bit when we start playing proper football games again. But uh, look, we'll kick it off. I'm excited for it. Uh, might even do it where I get people to send in a voice note so that I don't have to read off and you don't have to hear my voice all day. Uh, but this one comes in from Ryan. Uh, and he wants us to talk about Louis, Louis Barry. I'll read out the whole message uh, because I think we should get the whole fans' uh, point of view from this. Um, so, reminder this is from Ryan, not me. Louis Barry on loan again. Why? Why have the club 
he has been loaned to got worse in stature, yet he still signs a new contract. At 20 years old, should he not be being loaned to championship or lower prem clubs or on the fringes at Villa by now if he was going to be a baller? I wanted to make it clear that I don't say that sort of thing. Uh, with only nine goals and four assists in 60 games in the lower leagues, was loaning him out the wrong decision and maybe keeping him at Villa and progressing through the under-23s, maybe that could have helped him more. Well, we'll mm. discuss it. I think it would be good to discuss it. Um, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, I thought that we might be getting rid of Louis Barry this summer. I thought this was his summer to go. Um, but I think... He's had a very weird loan period out, hasn't he? He's not really had any, um, what's the word I'm looking for, sort of uh, consistency, has he? No. So He's, he's one of those, like, he, he, we signed him for six figures, didn't we, I think, from, mm. from Barcelona. And obviously he had a really good first season in the academy. He played in that FA Cup game and scored. And I think everyone everyone's stocks were in him then. And yeah. He, you thought he'll go on loan. Um, where did he first go on loan to? I can't remember. It was something like Swindon or something. I thought it was Swindon, then Salford. Yeah, something like that. Um, he's been to three, maybe four places. This might be his fourth loan. Um, yeah, you look while I, while I carry on. And he, it's one of those currently where I don't think they'll give up on him because he's what? He's only 20, I think. And mm-hmm. players develop at different rates. Just think at 20, Archer had only just had a poor um, loan at Solihull Moors. And then he comes comes back, has a good pre-season and um, a good cup game. And, well, look look at him now. You know, we're all, we're all invested in him. So I think the new contract protects his value. He protects us uh, as an asset. So they want to loan him out. Hopefully he uh, performs well and then he's either... You know, gone up, gone up in value, or maybe we look at him putting him in the championship maybe next season. It's just one of those. It's hard to call right now, but the club will do what they can to try and protect his value. So that's what makes sense out of the contract for me. Yeah, well, he is 20. Um, important to note that his birthday is a day before mine. Um, alas, he is younger than me, uh, but still good to know, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, he went to Ipswich on loan. He only played two games. Um, that was 21 to 22. Uh, 22 then, he went to Swindon on loan. Uh, 14 appearances, 6 goals. Then he went to MK Dons, 22 to 3. Uh, 22 appearances, 1 goal. And then 2023, he was at Salford for 19 appearances and 2 goals. Um, look, my opinion on him, I think when you sign a player for under a million uh, when he's a teenager, I think that you keep him on the books until they're at least like at least they're above 23 or at 23 because then you're either cutting your losses there and used up your sort of development on him or you've at least made your money back if he's not at the level you think because obviously anything over a million is going to be a benefit to the club because it's a profit it's an interesting one I think it is it is strange because he's a bit of a forgotten man I think um which I don't think is totally his fault. I think it doesn't help when you obviously have, you know, we signed Duran in and you've got Archer there. Um, yeah. It's easy to fall down the wayside, but it, I think it is the sort of signing that, well, signing sort of youngster you have where you wouldn't be surprised to see him get moved on completely in the next couple of years. But I only thought it, I think I only thought it because I thought by the time he may reach a level where he possibly can make an impact, 
there's another youngster that's already trying to make an impact in the next three or four years. But it, it it's a waiting game with a lot of these kids, and I think we forget how young he was when we signed him. So, uh, it, this I think this could be a big a big loan for him because he'll have to he'll have to perform perform because he needs to start making his step up if if that's you know if this is the way it's going to go. But twenty's yeah. not twenty's not that it's not like a do or die age is it at twenty. Um, as long as he's performing at a level that is seen good enough by the club, then I, I think I think there's still a chance for him. But um, I can see why they've given him a new deal. I, I can I can understand it now, uh, especially sitting down and having to think about it. So, uh, Ryan, we thank you for your point. Um, that's the one out of three done. Uh, we're going to move on to James for point number two. Yeah, mine's only a, a brief point that made me really laugh at about two o'clock in the morning um it was the newcastle game and it was the early 80th minute something like that and the ball comes out from a corner to diego carlos on the edge of the box <laughs> he has a shot that probably hits someone in walmart about seven miles away and the camera pans to the touchline and emery looks as you know less concerned about anything ever and in the background Mings and McGinn are laughing. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at that. If you go back and watch it on Villa TV, skip to like the 80, 80-something minute and and watch it because they, they look like they're pissing themselves at what they've just watched. It was a really poor effort, but it made me laugh at, at, at such a late time in the night, well, early in the morning. Fair play to a frown to go, though, eh? You know? Yeah. When you think the eyes on, the eyes on, sort of like me at soccer sixes on a weekday, you know, just ball comes to the edge and you think, oh, that's me. This is me. But yeah, well, it, yeah, you know, centre backs taking shots is what do you expect? They can't all be company, can they? <laughs> well, my my point is um, somewhat media related. Uh, if you're um, sort of chronically online, like a lot of us are on Twitter, uh, if you consume talk sport, um, I'm going to mention one man's name um, and there's either going to be a lot of mmms or oh, when I say it, uh, but Rory Jennings yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, has been talking recently uh, and he believes, now some people will take this as media stupidity, some people will take this as uh, media sort of acceptance of us now, uh, but not only has he said that he's obviously twice the manager uh, that uh, Mikel Arteta is, uh, but he believes uh, that we will sneak in on the Champions League this year. Um, all I want to say is I've always thought that Rory Jennings knew ball. Um, I know that he's a genius, uh, an entrepreneur in the football scene, um, and we must all bow down to our new creative overlord, which is Sir Rory Jennings. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that clip and, you know, I think his takes are very inconsistent with what I I think. But yeah, the Champions League thing. I tweeted about this the other day. The Champions League thing is not something that I've been looking at. I'm, you know, I'm not saying that it can't happen and we're not good enough because you, you know, I think Newcastle really overachieved getting top four last season. And if you're good enough, you can get in there. But for me, that's not the aim. I think getting European football again in some sort of fashion and going deep in competitions, it would be progress still for us. You know, maintaining and especially if we win a cup. Honestly, I'd, I'd be made up next season so yeah uh, we all know how good Emery is and I think you know his, his CV says it all and I think that's sort of what Rory was trying to say really you know look at his 
his background work, Arteta's a great coach and, you know, I think he will go on to be one of the best. What we've been watching for from him from the past couple of seasons, you can see how they've progressed. But Emery is just this, I don't, I don't know, he's, he's a f- sort of throwback manager as well as being a tactician. So mm. I'm really interested to see how we evolve next season and what he does and the tweaks that he does. And I'm going to this season more confident than ever. And it's not even hopeful confidence. It's confidence backed up with evidence that we've seen. So, yeah, that. I can see where Rory's coming from. I, I wouldn't, you know, place my hopes in the top four. It'd be more seven and upwards, hopefully. Um, but yeah. Well, I've obviously this is the year where the uh, historical point place comes in, isn't it, for the Champions League, and we're first for it. So, if uh... if we're the, the there's five like five spaces for the Champions League this year, if we're in the top two coefficients, which. You oh, probably onto the coefficients again. Surely not. Okay. How, how the English teams do in Europe this season, and I think you look at some of the squads and you expect them to go deep in most competitions. Yeah. Uh, well, 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 we'll hold the torch in the Conference League, won't we? We know we will. Yeah, we'll win it all. <laughs> well, the only thing I wanted to point out as well um, was uh, obviously when I went to watch Nice uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, something I thought that the club should really do is this. Now, uh, this is something you buy in their fan zone uh, with your pint. Uh, it comes with it when you buy one, uh, and you can give it any end of the day. Basically, it takes a pint off of every pint you buy. So, obviously, you buy. I bought one for I think it was five euro fifty, and then every pint afterwards four euro fifty. Uh, you give it back, and you can get a euro back, or you keep it and then bring it back each match game. I mean, what an ingenious little idea this is, and especially yeah. the self pour just. Makes much more sense, doesn't it? Really, you'd think so anyway. Yeah, not easy to police, but I just thought, what a good idea that would be. Uh, it's also just cheap merch, and if, if if you're that way inclined, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but anyway, so make sure if you uh, if you do want to be involved in three points for Villa, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure you could comment down below. Uh, if you know you're listening on Spotify, you can tweet us uh, at AVSC Faithful Pod, or you can even email in. Um, people do still use emails uh, and that is uh, the AVFC faithful pod at gmail.com I believe yeah, um, that sounds- it sounds about right it'll be uh, it'll be on on our uh, on our Twitter anyway so uh, yeah make sure you get them in uh, a weekly feature uh, and I'll come up with a jingle for it because um, apparently that's my new calling so uh, <laughs> lovely stuff well that sounds about it for this week's episode James unless you've got anything further you'd like to chat about no, just looking forward to us beating Brentford 4-0 on Sunday. Yes, and winning a, a lovely little pre-season Premier League season, uh, Premier League summer series. Uh, is there a trophy? I believe so, and that'll be one of the the four that we win this, this season. So, Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. I cannot wait. Lovely stuff. Right, well, as always, make sure you hit the like button, uh, smash the subscribe, and uh, tap the bell. Tap it nice. Tap it well. Uh, we are a seeded group of men, so uh, make sure you uh, you come back next week for the uh, for the next episode of the AVFC Faithful Podcast. But until then, up the villa, up the villa. <laughs>